0: Numbers
3: told the story, they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on Visa. He's one of those idiots who believe in analytics.
4: Good Tuesday morning to you. It is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa app, FUBO's Sling, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube, TV. It's all brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. It's Gil Alexander, Jeff Parlay, producer number five and eight, the Grover Cleveland of producers is here as well. Uh, Jeffrey, good morning to you. little solid show here this morning. Yes? No? Not too bad. (laughs) (laughs) Like the honest assessment. Not too bad. Eh, Not too bad. Paul Carr, Champions League quarterfinal, leg two coming up uh, later. He's got all his picks. By the way, Paul Carr coming off a three-dog sweep over the weekend in the Premier League, punctuated by that draw in the Liverpool-Man City game. So, Paul will have his Champions League picks later today. Mark Borchard from an undisclosed location in the desert somewhere in Arizona. Uh, from BetUS. He will join us to talk baseball. Dan Bespris on the NBA. You have play-in fever? Play-in fever. 7-8. Play-in fever tonight. 9-10 tomorrow. And of course, uh, his thoughts on series. Drew Dinsick will join us here uh, momentarily to talk NBA and uh, all other things. We got to look at the NFC North today. Previously, I, the only NFL bet that I was advocating was the under on the Chiefs at 11 season wins, but there's there's some bets in the NFC North. Again, not available here in the great state of Nevada but available if you're in uh, other jurisdictions. So we'll get into that as well. What the, what the revelation of NBA awards ballots can tell us about the NFL draft as well. We'll talk about that. And uh, later, Jeff, with a full uh, preview of the USFL debut this weekend. No, it's not <laughs> happening? You're not, you're not previewing the Washington Federal-Chicago Blitz game for us this weekend? I don't think those uh, teams made they didn't it back. Make, they didn't make the cut? I don't think they made it back. No, uh, they didn't make the cut. It's Birmingham, Houston, Michigan, New Jersey, New Orleans, Philly, Pittsburgh, and Tampa Bay. They all did. Yes, Re- and every single game is played in Birmingham. That's all I can tell you about. Every game is in Birmingham? Every game is in Birmingham. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. And it's up against the NBA playoffs? Yeah. Simulcast, both on NBC and Fox? At least that first game is. You know there's going to be some people watching that because it's football, as you said. Of course. Pavlovian dog response. Like, ooh, football. Drew joins us, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he is both at Bet, at, uh, I should say, the Bet the Edge podcast at NBC Sports, and of course the Deep Dive podcast, Densic Classic, which he did with Andy Molitor, and still does. Not only back in the day with a with a new background, I think maybe it's a new background. It's Drew Dinsic, everybody at Whale underscore Cabra. How you doing?
3: Hey, man, everything's going well. Still recovering from a very very busy sports weekend, but uh, excited to have the NBA playoffs here. Did you see, by the way, before we get into your busy sports weekend? Did you see that? The
4: 424th ranked player in the world this morning in Monte Carlo took Taylor Fritz to the brink as a 16-to-1 dog.
3: Yeah, not a great showing from Taylor Fritz. Uh, Ultimately, good job surviving. Uh, But, uh, yeah, he should have won that much more comfortably. The fact that that came down to the tail end of the third set was a little spooky. Uh, U.S. men's tennis, not necessarily... Uh, known for doing anything of importance at Monte Carlo. That's right. Uh, for whatever reason, the U.S. men tend to not even show up for the clay court swing in Europe until Rome. Um, Fritz made the choice, though, to go over there early and, and try his hand at it. So, uh, you know, credit to him there. Uh, obviously, you're reigning Indian Wells champion, taking a little bit of confidence into the uh, uh, onto the red clay. But, uh, yeah, that was not impressive by him, needing a, a tiebreak win and a, a late break to get that done. Yeah,
4: not that I was involved but I was uh, watching the score, like with uh, eyes wide open. Like now, who could have possibly predicted this? How w- how did your Masters turn out? Let's start there.
3: Uh, I lost a decent chunk of change of the winnings from the from the uh, the college basketball end of the season. Um, scooped a couple of booby prizes though. I had worst worst showing uh, from Thomas Peters, and I had most bogeys from Kevin Kisner. Otherwise, I uh, came up short everywhere else.
4: Worst showing by Thomas Peters. You got it. that was
3: one of yours. <laughs> nice. Yeah. He was awful. Yes. (laughs) It was impressive. Who was he up against, by the way? The whole field um, you're talking or just a group of golfers? Top 50 in the world. uh, Worst score among the top 50 in the world. And what was funny, he had a five-stroke lead on uh, Matt Wolf uh, after he finished his round on Friday. Uh, Matt Wolf finished with double bogey, double bogey, bogey. So he tied him. Uh, for that, and uh, that was uh, that was a rough having to chop that pot after having a five-stroke lead. But I tell you, it is fun. It's almost more fun to cheer for players who are imploding to continue sure. to stink uh, yeah. than it is on uh, being on the other side of things and having a guy who's just playing out of his mind and hoping he can hold on. So, um, but you know, ultimately, I, I thought the Masters was uh, a great a great event as always, um, and uh, you know, it's it remains one of my favorite weekends of the year. For sure. Five stroke lead, by the way, in quotes, we should say when you're betting on the uh, booby prize. Right.
4: <laughs> um, I was going to say, can I interest you in a uh, football season long contest where people play for the booby prize? You may find that interesting as well. Uh, that seems like your kind of thing if, if you enjoyed that. So it's play-in tonight, Drew. Seven eights in both the Eastern and Western Conference. Then tomorrow it's the nine tens. And again, for the umpteenth time, for those who are unfamiliar with the format, this began last year. I think two pretty good reviews. Uh, top six, make the playoffs. Those who finish 7th seven and 8th and in uh, the standings during the regular season, they will play each other tonight. The winner will become the 7th seed. They will play the 2nd seed in the best-of-7 series. In the East, that will be the Celtics at 2. In the West, that's the Grizzlies at 2. That's who they are competing to play against here tonight. Brooklyn, Cleveland, and, of course, also really a, a good game, Minnesota and the Clippers, at least on paper. Then tomorrow night, is the 9-10. The loser of tonight's game will take on the winner of tomorrow night's play-ins for the right or the chance to be the eight seed for the right to take on the heat, the number one seed in the East. And of course the sun's the number one seed in the West tonight nets up to nine and a half. Now, my goodness, every time I come in here, it's a point more than it was before. This was seven and a half. Now, eight and a half now, nine and a half total to 26 and a half, nine and a half is a lot for this team.
3: It surely is. And the market being so one way on the side is a little surprising to me. I'm definitely of the mind that Cleveland has a shot to keep this competitive Um, and I guess if you wanna start on that game broadly, uh, the the total has gotten nuked to the under um, and so, if you combine those two sentiments, the market is telling you the total is too high, and the nets were too short. So that would imply that this is going to somehow be Brooklyn's defense shows up for this game, I guess. <laughs> which I, I don't which buy would be that. Fascinating. Yes. <laughs> I, de- I have definitely. I'm not there. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, and uh, you know, realistically, the you know that things I, I do give the market a little bit of. Um, you know, a, you know, Mark. I respect the market. over everything in sports betting in general but these are two these are tough games to come up with a fair price for because you're going from a regular season where you know player participation was you know always sort of in question over the last month of the season on top of motivations being you know swirling uh, on top of rotations shortened now we go from a regular season rotation to a playoff rotation and then this game in particular these seven eights have unique in-game situations that you have to try to come up with some handicap on which are not necessarily quantitative right like we've only gotten we've only had one round of the seven eight plans and we haven't we haven't really seen um you know what happens if one team has a meaningful lead uh, you know, like if Brooklyn really is up by double digits in the fourth quarter here, what does Cleveland do? Do they pack it in? Do they save it up for the 8-9 game? Or, uh, you know, do they leave it all out on the court and try to punch their ticket tonight? You know, and and uh, uh, and, and so those particular questions don't really, uh, you know, they make it tough to handicap things like the total and the spread. But um, I agree with the movement to the under just because in general I thought 230 and a half was aggressively high, especially for a Cleveland Cavaliers game. And, uh, you know, while Brooklyn's defense is, is unimpressive in general, they do tend to slow down the pace in the fourth quarter if the game is competitive. So a game state where Brooklyn is winning by comfortably, I can see going under because I could see Cleveland pull, calling off the dogs and, and playing, uh, you know, keeping their uh, their legs fresh for the next play game. Uh, and I can see a competitive game slowing down and having a relatively low pace in the fourth quarter, which would lead to an under as well. Uh, the only game state that I could see making, uh, you know, threatening this total. Total to the over would be if uh, Cleveland is winning, you know, over the balance of the game and really forces Brooklyn to unlock their offense. But um, Brooklyn still tons of questions about this team. I don't have anywhere close to the market number fair for them to win the Eastern Conference. I think that's one of the m- most egregious prices in all of sports right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in general, um, you know, this the, the, these two playing games should be pretty competitive today. Uh, but
4: just to clarify, you, you agree with the move to the under, but you don't have a bet on it? Not in no, this I yeah. no,
3: I didn't play it, and I think uh, uh, I did play a little bit of Cleveland. Uh, yeah. and now it, I, I've gotten the worst of it. It's nine and a half now. I have some eight and a half in my pockets. Well, so, you know, uh,
4: it's, I like nine and a half even better. Well, we're, we're on prime time action, as you know, because you're kind enough to join us with uh, with Matt and Kelly. Every time we look up, the Nets are losing a game. It just feels like in recent history, right? The last stretch of the season, the Nets are losing, they're lollygagging, and then in the fourth quarter, they're like, hey, you guys want to, you guys want to start playing now and beat this team, and then they just wake up and they win, but. Yeah. I, I, can they turn on some switch that makes them not play that way? I, I'm not betting on them. Now, am I racing to bet the Cavaliers? Uh, not exactly, but they, they're starting to tempt me with this number. The more it drifts upward, that's for sure. The other, one is yeah, the, is, yeah. Yeah, the other one is the T-Wolves and the Clippers. T-Wolves, this has gone up on the T-Wolves. T-Wolves are three and a half. Now it's three. I'm seeing settled here. But this did get all the way to three and a half in favor of the seventh place T-Wolves. What do you like here?
3: Yeah, I'm at three and a half on this one. So I agreed with the line movement from two and a half up to three, three and a half would be where I would guess this closes. Um, Again, another game where we've seen uh, a little bit of action to the under. And, you know, in general, I think you're going to see people expect these playoff games to play differently in terms of pace and in terms of offensive efficiency in a late game state. Uh, And so the unders are going to get that. Um, But uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, you know, they're a team that, has been very streaky this season. They've had some stretches where they looked like a clear top ten team in the NBA, and other stretches where they were, you know, struggling to win against the teams that were playing for nothing. Um, and you know, they are not in a hot stretch now. They are in a relatively, you know, middling to cool stretch. Um, and so, you know, they're going to need to find some form pretty quickly uh, against the Clippers team that, if they're shooting well, is going to be absolutely dangerous and dynamic. Clippers tend to start slow. Um, that, you know, I think Minnesota. Minnesota. Minnesota would be wise to try to come out relatively fast in this one put a meaningful lead on the Clippers heading into the second half and then not take their foot off the gas. I think Minnesota needs to recognize they need to get to about 125, 130 points here if they expect to win Um, and you know we could run into a situation where the Clippers pack it in late if the margin is you know pretty aggressive in the second half here. So Minnesota or pass on that one for me. Okay
4: been asking this of everyone by the way real quick Memphis you give them true serum who do who would they rather play. Uh, the Clippers. Yeah. Oh, interesting. The Clippers I'm on the other way. Interesting. Okay, we'll come back see if Drew has any thoughts on the nine uh, tens, and certainly the series prices that have already been established. That's next right here on the Numbers Game at Vici, the Sports Betting Network.
0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
3: A numbers game with Gil Alexander on v the sports betting network.
4: It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Just download the app today. The BetMGM app, that is. Won't take you but a few seconds. Then you stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account. And then you start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. The whole thing won't take you but a few minutes. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly, as always, if you have a gambling problem. Call 1-800-522-4700. Skill Alexander, Drew Densick from both the Deep Dive and Bet the Edge podcast joins us. Uh, once again, kind enough to stay for a uh, second segment, real quick, because I have a whole bunch of real quick questions. But are you betting any Monte Carlo? Are you betting any clay court tournaments at this point, or you, or do you wait typically?
3: Oh no, I definitely get involved with Monte Carlo. I don't yeah. have anything left on the card for today. I didn't uh, action is mostly done. Uh, watching, uh, you know, watching Djokovic, who looks pretty pedestrian, honestly. Yeah. Um, not a great showing from him. He's losing five, three in the first set to Fokina, Davidovich Fokina, uh, Rune playing very well. Um, but tomorrow I like a couple of dogs. I took uh, Ramos uh, as a short dog against scam Nori. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Yes. Yeah. laughs> and I took, and I took Rusevori uh, at a pretty favorable price against Sinner. Center. sinner has been dealing with some pretty serious uh, physical ailments. I'm not exactly sure why he's such a uh, prohibitive favorite against Rusevori, who's a tough out on a, uh, uh even if they were both at full strength so uh those two dogs stood out to me on tomorrow's card yeah I gave out uh
4: last night on primetime action sorry numbers game audiences but with the overnights it's kind of the timing is kind of hard but I had uh I have gofen this morning uh along with karatsev so right now those are looking splitty early but those both started right before a numbers game so it's tough to tough to make it happen on this show back to the plate yeah.
3: back to the karatsevs not a terrible live shot because rune yeah is on fumes uh, he yeah. won that challenger just down the road. Had to drive to Monte Carlo. Got there just in time, qualified, and now is uh, uh, you know he's in the thick of it with Karatsev. So Karatsev isn't a bad uh, you know a bad live shot at this point. That's uh, right. You could considering the price. That's right. I, I say him out
4: loud. That's a good point. If it were, in the Karatsev case we're down a break, so maybe you can jump in and get a better price, or you will be able to get a better price than I did uh, pre flop even on it. So definitely, if you are into that kind of thing, there you go. Uh, all right, play-ins tomorrow real quick. I don't want to, like, belabor this, but the Hawks, of course, uh, about a four-and-a-half-point favorite now we're seeing over the Hornets. And then in the West, um, we have the 9-10 game between the Pels and the Spurs.
3: Any plays there? Yeah, the, none of these numbers make sense to me. Um, and the market action doesn't make sense to me either. That that under in the Charlotte-Atlanta game got nuked. I, Oh, that does I, i'm I'm nowhere close to that. These two teams have fatal flaws defensively. Uh, each they each uh, offense will be able to exploit them comfortably. I think, You know people are expecting this to be a playoff atmosphere kind of slow, slow down the pace in the second half fourth quarter type of situation no way these two teams are so explosive particularly in second half fourth quarter situations Um, you know that looks like a very high scoring contest and it should be a coin flip i think uh, i would make atlanta a favorite but certainly not by four and a half five points Uh, similarly san antonio plays new orleans very closely they match up very well then um, that's going to come down to an uh, end-of-game scenario. So I think both uh, dogs have a realistic shot of pulling off the upsets. Uh, I took the points in both of those.
4: Okay. Now, the series that have already been established, obviously, we're talking four fives and three sixes. Let's start in the Eastern Conference. And, again, I won't. Uh, I won't go into my rant yesterday about how I thought how some teams got it down the last stretch of the season. Some teams didn't. Um, Philly fans did not enjoy me yesterday, Jeff Parlay. They were not happy with my uh, <laughs> assessment of uh, what the, what the uh, Sixers did, uh, down the stretch there yesterday. Again, it, it, everyone was focused on the fact that the Sixers still ended up winning the game on Sunday, but I'm like, that's the result. Aren't you, aren't you fans supposed to be trusting the process? It's like, it didn't really click anyway. Uh, Sixers and Raptors. Let's start there. It is the four five Matisse Thybul can't play in Toronto, in the potential three games, games three, four, and six. I've already bet the Raptors once at plus 154. Then I got them at plus 160. Uh, It's one of those bets that I'm making and I'm completely, you know, it's like one of those bets where it's like some bets you just have to be willing to lose the way this sets up. I just love the number. That's the bet. You, what do you got?
3: Um, my fair says this is a little short and the Sixers ought to be a little bit you know, stronger favorite here. And if my number says that, then I think that's the way the market's going to go because I've been high on the Raptors all season. Um, so I think this probably drifts in the direction of Philly. This is the series that kind of sets up where Toronto's the trendy underdog sort of pick. Yes, um, it does. Nobody bo- it wants does to- bother
4: me that they're trendy. Yeah. Yes,
3: nobody. Nobody wants to take chalk across. You know every series and they look for one underdog they can throw their support behind and that's pretty obviously Toronto because the Sixers are such fraudulent favorites and they have so many glaring holes and weaknesses. Um, I have played, to this point, I haven't gotten involved at all in a series price. I played the Sixers for game one. I took the minus fours on the open. I think that fair price should probably be around five and a half, six. I think it closes around five and a half. Um, And I think uh, realistically, this is a very competitive series. However, it comes down to, you know, game two and game four, in my opinion, um, if the Raptors, if, and when the Raptors get to two wins in the series, the Sixers have a problem. Uh, and that is because game six takes place in Toronto without Bible game seven takes place with doc rivers as your head coach. Right. And so
4: the Nick Nurse, it, Doc <laughs> Rivers angle as well. Yeah.
3: If, yeah. If it gets to a two, two series tie, if it uh, is two, one Raptors after three games, then the Sixers are in absolute dire, dire straits. Um, however, if the you know they they have enough they have enough an advantage in the front court, um, you know the Raptors have no no answer no matchup defensively for uh, Joel Embiid. If he has the series that we have seen him you know be capable of based on the balance of this regular season, uh, they could win four one. So. Um, I would not get involved at a series price at this point. I think you let game one play out and let the Sixers kind of flex and do their thing, get their home playoff game one win. Taken care of, and then at that point, if you want to take a Raptors series price in the plus 250, plus 280 range, then I think that's a fair play. Um, and or wait until the Raptors get to two wins, and at that point, fire away on Raptors to win the series because you know that you'll have an advantage in Game Six and Seven.
4: All right, we got about sixty seconds for the remaining three. Sixty seconds each for the remaining three. Um, Bucks Bulls. Bucks minus two and a half games was minus 115 when we were on the air yesterday. It's all the way up to minus 190 for the Bucks to win this series either for nothing or the gentleman's sweep of four to one. What do you say there?
3: yeah that was the worst price of the openers never made sense to me whatsoever this is going to be one-way action bucks they were this the, uh, uh, the way that the seating shook out the heat were the biggest winners because basically everyone else who has a pulse and a realistic shot at the eastern conference is on the other half of the bracket from them they only have to play one uh the bucks were the second winners because they get the effectively a, a round one buy against the bulls who are playing like a bottom 10 team in the nba right now uh and if this is if this is not a sweep or a gentleman's sweep, I'll be, Genuinely surprised. The market is telling you that the way it's moved from one hundred ten to one minus one ninety, and hopefully you have some two and a half in pocket. Bucks played it
4: brilliantly on Sunday, played it absolutely brilliantly, check mating the Celtics into damned if they do,
3: damned if they don't. Yeah, I can add one thing. The Bucks still are a little overpriced by market. Little overpriced. Okay. Yes. And right. I think best-case scenario, buck sweep here. Celtics have a, a tough win against the Nets, and then we get uh, a chance to back the Celtics at plus money with the home series in round two. Who's, who's in your NBA finals, by the way, Drew, if I may ask?
4: <sighs> Celtics Suns. Celtics Suns. Okay, let's go to the West. Um, okay, we'll start with the, the Warriors and the Nuggets. The Warriors are creeping upwards, minus 225 now. We think Steph is playing game one. We don't have full confirmation of that, but we think he is. No reinforcements confirmed for the Nuggets. Would you play this price at all? I have steered clear.
3: I like the Warriors in this series in general. I like Warriors minus one and a half games at minus one ten. I think the the step. I'm expecting Steph to be available for some portion of this series. Whether it's game one or not doesn't really change my opinion a ton. I'm expecting none of the reinforcements to arrive for the Nuggets. This is Nikola Jokic and a bunch of guys, Um, and I think the fact that you have you know Draymond Green and Kevon Looney that you can put body and then you know effectively an absolute perfect matchup to um, to frustrate Jokic in the fourth quarter with. Draymond Green that's the matchup that matters most in the series in my opinion Um, and as long as Draymond Green is effective and healthy and he looks to have uh, found some form after his long absence uh, I would expect that this is a pretty short series in favor of the Warriors. Okay so
4: even if Steph misses if I I said to you hey Drew Steph is going to miss the first two games you
3: would still play the Warriors? If Steph misses the first two games I actually think that favors the Warriors in the hopes of knocking off the Suns in the West. Um because I think they need some of their younger guys to get some meaningful playoff reps uh, to be a you know to be a factor in round hmm. two against the Grizzlies and to be a factor in the Western Conference Finals against the Suns. So it ultimately would probably help the Warriors to get some of those guys some meaningful minutes. Um, but it doesn't change my opinion of the series. I think this is Warriors or pass, and I think uh, you know it all comes down to the, the their their ability their singular ability to defend Jokic. All right, and then
4: finally, I don't know how much uh, t- time this is, is necessary on this because Luka Doncic. MRI <sighs> confirms left calf strain. No timetable on return. And so the Jazz have drifted worst. up to minus 165.
3: Yeah, this is the worst. Uh, I was oh. so excited to see Luca take on. Uh, you know, a, a, an opponent like the Jazz, who is ready to call it a season, and we're not going to see it, and it's it's uh, makes me sick. That said, uh, hopefully they can hang in there, get one of the first four games. Luka comes back, wins game five, six, and seven. Mavericks move on.
4: As as basketball fans, I think we all want to see that. That would really suck yeah. if he wasn't it wasn't available here. Drew, thank you as always, my man. Hey, best luck, guys. Coming back, NFL bets now.
3: Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network.
4: Get everything you need to bet on baseball this season with 24 7 streaming. Daily best bet emails, including advice, data, and strategy, for only $19. Our all digital MLB guide at vsint.com is available now. And Adam Burke has futures, team previews, and best bets for all 30 teams, plus Jason Weingarten's MLB futures bets, trends, and more. Sign up today, get full access to VSIN through the NFL draft for only $19 at slash spring. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. Um, in case you missed this story, this happened about 28 minutes, I guess, before we got on the air, that uh, multiple people were shot at a, in a New York City subway station um, in Brooklyn. And so NYPD is asking commuters to, stay, uh, to steer clear of 36th Street and 4th Avenue in Brooklyn's Sunset Park neighborhood. The reason that we bring it up here is because we're, what, oh, about nine hours away from... Uh, the scheduled game tonight in Brooklyn between the Nets and the Cavaliers. So um, that's sort of a developing situation. One does wonder if the NBA will still play that game tonight. Jeff, you were saying off air, you think they will just go ahead and play it? I don't know. I don't know about situations like this. Uh, sometimes it's not such a good look, so we'll monitor that. Um, right now, of course, the uh, the Brooklyn game scheduled For What is it? 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. But right now, that is the plan. But obviously, uh, obviously pay heed if you're in that area to the NYPD's advice. Uh, Last night on primetime action, and we've been doing this on a numbers game somewhat, but more on primetime action, where we've been going through, you know, the first NFL season wins that have been posted around the country. We don't really have them rampantly available, if at all, in some markets uh, here in Las Vegas. But uh, you may recall from last week I was talking about how I really liked the Kansas City Chiefs under play. And the reason for that was the Chiefs were posted at 11. Again, this was at DraftKings uh, nationwide. I think I'm not sure if, if it was at other shops as well at that price, but they were at 11, the Chiefs. And if you went through the Chiefs schedule, and I won't do it here, but, you know, play by play, well, maybe I will. Um, but the under to me was was the was the play to make there just because the Chiefs Scheduled again, this just in Tyreek Hill, not no longer a member of the Kansas City Chiefs, should be pointed out. But the Chiefs schedule, and again, we don't have the exact order of events. We don't know if they're playing on short weeks, long weeks, back-to-back road. We don't know any of that stuff. But we do know we do know the opponents that they're playing. And when you go through that, it was pretty, pretty brutal for the Kansas City Chiefs. And in fact, just for thoroughness' sake, home games obviously against the Broncos, Raiders, and Chargers—the toughest division in football, not only on paper this year but perhaps of all time. Uh, home game Jaguars, okay, but then home Titans, home Bills, home Rams, also home Seahawks, and then on the in away Broncos, Raiders, Chargers—toughest division in football. Away Texans, okay, but then away Bengals, away Colts, away Niners, away Cardinals, away Buccaneers. Good lord. So that was an under play for sure on the Kansas City Chiefs at 11. Yesterday, we were going through the NFC North, Jeff. And so let's throw up the NFC North numbers. The Packers, still a pretty solid favorite to win the NFC North at minus 185. Now, again, no Devontae Adams. And there will be a lot who will hear this and be like, well, he's just a wide receiver, man. Um. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are connected by a string in each other's minds. Who's their number one wideout on that roster now? Alan Lazard? Minus 185 on the Packers. ten and a half. By the way, I see some 11s out there as well. I believe DraftKings has them at 11. Don't hold me to that. But 10 and a half we're showing here at BetMGM, proud sponsors of this show. And the Packers are minus 500, yes, to make the playoffs. The Vikings are at plus 270, and eight and a half. They're a slight dog to make the playoffs. And then you see the Bears at eight to one and the Lions at 12 to one, both set at six and a half. Again, numbers may vary from book to book, but generally speaking, they're right around these pockets. So Jeff Parlay, let me just ask you this. The Packers sans Devontae Adams. Should they be a favorite in this division, let alone this big of a favorite? Is is the drift reputation of Aaron Rodgers that solid that people think they're that much of a – that they should be this much of a favorite in this division? I ask because I am flabbergasted by that number. I,
6: I have no problem with the pricing for one reason and one reason only, and it does not have to do with Green Bay, actually. It has to do with Minnesota. Mm. We don't know what Kevin O'Connell is as a head coach. We don't know. And – O'Connell could be really good and Minnesota ends up winning this division because it's a ram style offense that we see with the Vikings with we we know they have very they have a top 5 wide receiver in Jefferson, Adam Thielen is still pretty good even though he's been dealing with injury over the last few years and Dalvin Cook is still a top-notch running back. But if Kevin O'Connell ends up being a, a bad to mediocre head coach, the other two teams below Minnesota aren't good enough yet pop up, and beat Green Bay in the division. So I I don't have a problem with this pricing. I don't think this market is bettable at this point until I know what Kevin O'Connell is as a head coach, Gil.
4: Well, I'll say it again. I've said it before in previous years, including last year when I bet on on the Vikings to win the division, but here we go again. I think I'd like to make a Vikings bet at plus 270 to win the division. Just because at some point, Aaron Rodgers is going to be so frustrated. But first of all, I wish someone would post the market about the who the Packers. What, what would wide receiver cause we, we see it some books, the position of the player that they will draft first, but no one is posting as least at least I can see the Packers. What would wide receiver be? Someone's gotta have that in faraway places or maybe far away from Nevada. But we I don't see it here in town, at least. But you would have to think they will. They are such a lock to go wide out here because, good Lord, he's got nothing. And I just think they are – this this isn't your normal wide receiver quarterback connection, nor is Devontae Adams your normal wide receiver. I just think this is a ridiculously high price on the Packers. And let's take this one step further. Now, at, at DraftKings, you are able to bet one-two straights, meaning the exact – order of finish first and second in each division in the National Football League and exact if you will uh, of one and two and so you see at the top there the Packers finishing first and the Vikings finishing second makes sense mathematically that that is the short shot at plus 145 Vikings Packers flipped Vikings first Packers second plus 350 and then on down the line not listed Lions first, Bears second, or Bears first, Lions second, which come in at 100 to one. Just for. Should be more than that. Just for giggles. <laughs> just for giggles on that. Well, there is a bet in there that I think if I lived in a DraftKings jurisdiction, I would make. Any guesses as to what that is, based on my conviction on the Packers before?
6: You're betting, you're betting Vikings one, Green Bay
4: two, and then Vikings one, Chicago two? Vikings one, Chicago yeah. two is the one I'm looking at. 22-1. to one. You mean to tell me if you run the NFC North back 22 times, Vikings 1, Chicago 2 is not going to come up more than once? I bet you it comes up three times, four times maybe. Vikings 1st, Chicago 2nd. Listen, first of all, you don't wish injury on anybody. But if, if something were to happen to Aaron Rodgers where he was even missed, forget, forget half a season, let's say he misses three games or something. That's not a bet. Vikings 1st, Bears 2nd. I just think we're, we're at the point now with the Packers where we yeah, – your, your point about Kevin O'Connell is well taken, but do we know at all what we're getting with the Packers? I don't know. I don't know. I think there's a bet there. I think your, your strategy is also an interesting one. Protect yourself with Vikings-Packers if you, if you believe the Vikings win the division. But if you already have a Vikings to win the division, why mess with the plus 350 and put right. the Packers second? Correct. That doesn't make sense. But Vikings first, Bears second at 22-1? to one? Take a little flyer on that. No? You know you want to parlay. There are
6: so many factors with Chicago that go into this year that we just don't know how much is Fields going to improve. improve. Same deal, first-time head coach. We don't know what Iberflus is as a head coach. But I would trust Chicago a
4: lot more than I would trust Detroit to hop up and finish second. Yeah. That I know for sure. Listen, I wouldn't bet it at 12-1, to right? But at twenty-two to one, I would, and I guess what I'm trying to drive home here is these notions that we think of the Kansas City Chiefs as infallible, talking about the eleven before, and this notion that we think of the Packers as infallible. The Chiefs without Tyreek now, the Packers without Devonte Adams, we will see just how much those number one wideouts mean to both of those teams. And those aren't just number one wideouts; those are arguably the two best wide receivers in the entire National Football League, or at least the two most impactful to their teams, Tyreek and spreading the field, Devontae just being absolute Superman. And how many times were the Packers, I don't want to use the term bailed out, but how many times could Aaron Rodgers rely on the fact that he knew Devontae was going to be where he's supposed to be. He didn't have to even think about it. He does not have that connection with anybody else. And the over under on what's, what's the number of games into the season where again, I'll say this again, where you will see Aaron Rodgers, openly frustrated on a football field because his receivers did something they weren't supposed to one and a half games. I'm setting that under under into the season under. I just moved it to one game. Under. I just moved it to a half a game. Now that's where it gets tight. Okay. <laughs> that's my point. Anyway, stuff to bed. Wish we had it here. The old one-two straight forecast of the NFL. But if you're in a draft case jurisdiction, you do have that. We'll come back. We will talk to Dan Vesperus on the NBA, Paul Carr on the Champions League, and Mark Borchardt on baseball. It is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Gil Alexander on v the sports betting network.
4: BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the NHL, an official sports betting partner of BetMGM. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game, and if either team scores a goal, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use bonus code vsin 200 plus you'll earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for online bonuses or converted into comps for rooms, restaurants, and more at over 20 MGM resorts nationwide. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code vsin 200 to win $200 in free bets eligible restrictions apply. Visit BenMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Uh, Todd Wishnev uh, has texted Jeff, live texting the show, and uh, he (laughs) he said your comment before. Every game in Birmingham, referring to the USFL, Every game in Birmingham, every game in Birmingham is maybe the dumbest thing I ever heard. <laughs> oh man! He also says he's not ready to discuss the NFL yet. He gives a thumbs down to the previous segment. Like well, a grade from uh, Todd Um Novak Djokovic down a set uh, and a break in his opening match in Monte Carlo. He wasn't. Qu- uh, 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 Davidovich Fakina was not quite the dog that. Uh, that Lucas Katarina was against against Taylor Fritz. Katarina, the 424th ranked player in the world, was 16 to 1, took Fritz to the brink. And right now, Davidovich Vakina. You said Djokovic was a $7 favorite? I think that's, that's right. That's
6: what I saw at Circa. Yeah, in
4: that pocket. Good yeah. on Circa for putting up tennis, by the way. When did that happen? Let's go. I love it. Uh, so we're up a set and a break in our GoFen match. We are trying to force a first set tiebreaker in the Karatsev match. All right, let's talk some NBA, ladies and gentlemen. Please take out your glotation devices for Dan Besbris. Dano, how you doing? You have yes,
2: to... taking. I, I don't. It's hard to take a bow when you're like wedged into a little, <laughs> a little box, <laughs> Zoom call or whatever this is. But uh, yeah, I had that's. This is my this is my crowning achievement,
4: man. I don't know what I. Why am I even here? It's not going up. Twenty-five to one <laughs> on the Celtics to win the Atlantic comes home. Well done.
2: Yeah, that's a good one. That was a good one. Uh, They don't always work out like that, but uh, you know, there was a lot of information available at the time that suggested they would at least get closer to winning the Atlantic than they were. They had the best defense in the NBA. They were starting to win. They were five games back. They had two teams to climb and they did it with a tie. But you know what? Tiebreakers suddenly are now my
4: favorite thing. So <laughs> You love you <laughs> love, love the fifth tiebreaker of better record against playoff <laughs> yeah. teams within the conference. That's what did I it for. I really them. do. Yeah. I
2: love it. That's my favorite tiebreaker of all.
4: <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> uh, okay. So we have, uh, I'll ask you, obviously, the, the standard questions here. We have play-in games tonight. We have playing games tomorrow. Is there a spread among the four that you like the best? Maybe there's more than one.
2: These are tough. Uh, I'm leaning clippers of the ones that are floating around there. I know that there's a lot of data showing the Wolves a very good home team. Uh, There's just a a measure of trust that I don't have with them yet as kind of a a first go-round. Clippers seem to be coming together a bit uh, here towards the end of the season. They do have that playoff experience, kind of metal-tested, whatever you want to call it. Uh, But then you've got uh, a, a widespread on Cavs Nets, which is sort of a hard one to read Hornets, Hawks, I don't really know what we're gonna get out of the Hornets. They've been playing really good ball down the stretch, so that one's a tough one for me. And then same kind of thing with Spurs Pelicans. I like I don't have a great feel for Pels. Uh they're obviously a lot better when Brandon Ingram is fully healthy. Uh and and I think he should be around for this ball game. Spurs have been kind of this upstart theme, playing well down the stretch. So looking at those four games, I you know, and and obviously there'll be more because a couple teams are gonna get a second shot at it. Uh, I will lean a little bit
4: towards the Clippers here in this first batch. By the way, didn't Zion's stepdad said that Zion would be <laughs> Didn't he say that Zion would play this year? Hey, uh, hey, tell him the game's tonight or tomorrow. He's got to get here quick. Um, and then maybe, perhaps, the first round. That ain't gonna happen. Doesn't feel like it anyway. Uh, okay, no. series prices that are intact already. The uh, three sixes and the four fives the Raptors and the Sixers is the one that has certainly gotten the most interest. And I do agree. Like I have Raptors bets already to win the series, but I do agree with the sentiment that doesn't this feel a little too trendy. Like if you bet long enough, right, it feels a little too trendy. Um, so that that's, that's, you know, obviously not enough to scare me off the bet. I just like how it, how it stands with Matisse Tybel not being able to play games three, four and a potential game six. That's huge. JVT. Jonathan Von Toble was on the show yesterday the stats he gave were even more stark than I imagined, which is when Embiid and Teibel are not on the court together, and obviously with Teibel not available in Toronto, that will be the case every time Embiid has to take a breather in those games in Toronto, that the Sixers are like the 20-point-plus they deficit over 100 possessions. on It's just horrible defense. Horrible defense. Where do you stand on the Sixers and the Raptors?
2: Yeah, I'm actually, I'm with you on Raptors on that one. And I was happy because I I had done some work yesterday in the afternoon after you texted me to to see if we could do a quick uh, jump on this morning. And I thought, wow, of all these lines that are out right now, the Raptors are the most interesting because the Philadelphia hasn't really, I I don't think they've shown us that they're a, a legitimate threat right now, which is maybe not totally fair but it doesn't feel like the pieces have fully settled in. I know Harden's played relatively well there, but I don't feel like they really got that much better post-trade in the way that I kind of hoped that they would if we were thinking they might make a run all the way. And then with the Raptors, they're just sort of a different beast. You've got the Canada thing, which you talked about already. So some players are not going to be able to play those games in Toronto, but even more than that, they just run a different kind of basketball. The thing that scares me about Toronto, in addition to what you said about kind of a trendiness factor, is this is a team that already was playing their starters 40 minutes a game during the regular season. So you've kind of seen their peak starter minutes situation. It's, it's a little bit the way I felt about the Knicks last year before they got beat up by Atlanta in the first round. So that scares me a tad. But I do think this is going to be a heck of a series, and I think that gives us opportunity to maybe jump in on both sides at some point during this thing, depending on how it goes. I like the Raptors to start. And then I know I'm segueing here and just sort of jumping on toes Please. all over the place. Uh, you've got injury stuff in a couple of these series prices, which I think makes them really hard to bet into. Cause we don't know for sure what Steph Curry status is going to be. We don't know if Luka Doncic is going to be able to play at any point in jazz Maverick. So you know, if you're betting those series, you're doing it with a sort of a throwing something up into the air and hoping a, a player either does or doesn't come back. I can't advocate jumping in on that.
4: Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I was surprised we had Drew Dinsick. This is a bad form. I should have said this when Drew was here. But I, I was surprised by his answer when I when I gave him the hypothetical. If Ste- If you knew that Steph wasn't there for games one or two. Would that he because he had conviction on the Warriors? Would that take you off the Warriors? And he was kind of like, no. He immediately said that he thought it would benefit the Warriors down the road because they will have played a lot of the younger players. But man, I don't know if, if if Steph if I knew that Steph wasn't available for games one or two, and I love the Dubs, man. But like, I would not want any part of that series because Jokic is just that much, you know, of an impactful player that controls everything on a court. So. We'll see. You're right, and obviously the Luka thing, no timetable, and so that's largely unbettable. The Bucks are plus two eighty-five. I'm seeing for the sweep. Let me make sure. No, plus two fifty at DraftKings on the sweep. Would you play that against the uh, Bulls, or how about the minus? Uh,
2: I think the I think the Bulls get one in there. I think there will be a little letdown. The gentleman sweep, perhaps. Yeah. i I don't think I would jump on that.
4: All right. What are so so minus one ninety? Would you lay that on minus two and a half games? Uh, I think I would. Even yeah, I think still. i will. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, this is this is a question we rarely ask on the show. I asked it earlier of, of Drew. Who's in your NBA finals? Like, we never asked the most basic question. Who you got right now?
2: Rematch. I've got a rematch. I think it's Bucs, Suns in the finals again. I haven't seen uh, a team out east that I believe can topple Milwaukee in a seven-game set. I think the Heat get the closest, uh, but they do have a couple of flaws built into them. I, that's That's my Eastern Conference finals, Miami-Milwaukee. Uh, and I think Milwaukee's going back to the finals, and a lot of it has to do with Brooke Lopez actually coming back, which I know is sort of a weird, like, pull it out of the sky thing, but he moved everybody back to where they're supposed to be. Right. Giannis at kind of small ball center or Bobby Portis at center kind of blew up Milwaukee's defense for most of this season, and now they've got the rim protection back that they didn't have the whole year. Everybody's back where they're supposed to be. If Milwaukee can sort of fire up the engines in the postseason the way I assume they will. I mean, we saw something out of Giannis last year in the playoffs that he hadn't figured out before, which was scoring, you know, like seven feet away from the basket instead of one and still being completely unstoppable. Milwaukee and Phoenix...
4: That's my rematch going on this year. I don't hate it. Again, before the season started, that was that's all I seized on. I was like, the Bucks are nine to one, and the Suns are like thirteen to one to win it all. Like, never in our life have there ever been two teams who were in the NBA Finals that had that long of a shot that the following season. And yes, a lot had to do with injuries uh, during the postseason last year, so people didn't give them respect. But here we are. Uh, last yeah, thing. And some
2: of those injuries are still out,
4: like Kawhi's still right. not back. So. That's, that's right. Nor do we know a damn thing about Kawhi, by the way, it should be pointed out. No, we don't. Last he thing. took a shot, but it wasn't. they weren't allowed to film it. Yeah, last thing. <laughs> don't, don't you dare. True or false, true or false, Brooklyn does not get out of the first round against the Celtics. Ooh. Assuming uh, they win true. tonight.
2: Boston advances. We'll
4: ride our 25-1 to 1 into the sunset. All right. There's an assumption there that they become the 7th seed, but I'm with you on that. Thank you, Dano. I appreciate it. Hope you're uh, wife gets better from the COVID. Thank you, sir. All right. Mark Borchardt on baseball next on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network.